This episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Future London is calling The Peripheral a thrilling new adventure. From executive producers Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, creators of Westworld, Chloe Grace Moretz stars as a small-town clerk, unlocking a mystery in another world to save her own. Based on the novel by William Gibson, The Peripheral. It's real. It just hasn't happened yet. Stream The Peripheral on October 21st, only on primevideo.com. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Ads. Every good storyteller knows there is no story without an audience. Amazon Ads can help tell your brand story to audiences who are leaned in and ready to hear what you have to say. All on Freebie, Twitch, Amazon Music, Thursday Night Football, exclusively on Prime Video and more. Learn more at advertising.amazon.com. Hey, I got I got a really good deal on this used toilet paper. <laughs> oh, it's gently uh, used. It's gently used. <laughs> it's vintage. You got to market it properly. <laughs> and that's how Craigslist started. Hello, my friends. Welcome to History Defeats Itself, a podcast that explores if we as people learn from our history or if we are doomed to forever repeat it. My name is Kevin Rosenquist. Thank you very much for joining us. When I say us, I am, of course, talking about my friends, my pals, my confidants, my co-hosts out there in Los Angeles, California, John Banks, Greg Mitchell. Gentlemen, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. I'm having a great hair day. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... If you don't see the bald spot, if you're just looking at me from the front, amazing. You I hope you have a great. Side. I hope you have a great Bad. hair year. Yeah, thank you, thank you. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing great. Had a baby, you know. You had a baby. I did. <laughs> what? I know. I, you're always the last to know these things, John. I know. What uh, uh, and what is that baby's name? That baby's name is Elwood. Elwood Rose. I love that name, John. We just saw the fucking baby. <laughs> <laughs> His wife came in holding the baby. Remember that? No. I said inappropriate I, things to her. You did. <laughs> you did. You definitely I did. did. How, how do you forget all this? Wait, it's coming back. It's coming back. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I blocked it out because you're so hurtful. <laughs> Man, I anyway. wish you guys I wish you guys could have listened to our pre-show conversation <laughs> and John was just fucking fling all of it. Me and Kevin. Yeah, he was. No, he was I was pretty aggressive. I wasn't really going after Kevin. No, that's true, actually. It wasn't really about me. Right. I mean, other than Kevin being pal, I didn't really say anything about Kevin. Yeah, he, you did say I've gotten paler since I've had kids, which I don't know. That is true. Maybe it restricts the blood flow to your face. <laughs> it could. <laughs> it does. It really could. It must. And it neck. Face and neck, because they match. <laughs> so. yeah, he's a he's a white, white, white. <laughs> oh, wow. White. He's, almost, oh. he's almost translucent. He really... He's wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt, and the black against the white, it's it's like we. It's like he doesn't have a head. You know, I'll, I think pretty much everything you guys have said, you've already said in previous episodes, so this is really kind of kind of disappointing. We'll no. try and go to a tanning bed. Well, it's good to see you guys again. I've <laughs> missed you terribly. Um, we have some exciting things happening in 2021. Uh, we'll be making a big announcement on the next episode. So enjoy that teaser and tune into the next show for the big news. We're also going to start releasing episodes Wednesday mornings instead of Wednesday evenings, which you may have noticed on this one. And uh, we're going to be doing lots of fun things throughout the year. So be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to stay up up to date on all things HDI. We also just launched our Facebook group, History Defeats Itself Interactive. 
So jump on Facebook, join the group, and let us know how you're feeling about our episode topics, the show in general, John's soft, sultry voice, whatever's on your mind. Greg's, yeah, I got nothing for you, Greg. Okay. It's very whiny. Is it whiny voice? It's not whiny. Fuck you, whiny. Fuck you, whiny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to have a punchy episode. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling, I'm like, oh, it's been a while. It's been a while. So <laughs> You're ready you to know? go. We're ready to Bring go. I got a lot of aggression. <laughs> what was so. your What was your pregame shot, John? Was it fucking whiskey and fucking <laughs> broken glass? No, just anger. Just, just anger, anger, sadness, <laughs> depression, you know. Thought my life was going to turn out differently. Just that kind of stuff. Turns out 2021 is a really great year so far. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't seem that much different than any other year. <laughs> yeah. I also want to give a shout out to Podnods, a new site for discovering podcasts personalized to listeners' tastes. Podnods lets you keep your favorite podcast player as they are focused on the discovery process. But definitely check out the site at podnods.com. It's very cool. Very catchy. It is very catchy. Pod nods. <laughs> On each episode, one of us will pick the topic and do the research, while the other two don't do shit. They don't even know what we're going to talk about until it's revealed here during our recording session. And lastly, please remember that we are a comedy podcast, and while we do put time into our research... I hope it's genitalia. We are not actually historians, so we're bound to get some things wrong, but if you have thoughts or comments about the episode, whether it's about genitalia or not, we would go love to, our to Facebook hear from group. you. But go to our Facebook group. And uh, and comment on the episode. We uh, we would love. Did did Kevin mention it's interactive? I think he did. It's interactive. We'll respond within five minutes, or you get a free pizza. Hey, Kevin, uh, what is the name of that? What is the name of that group? History defeats itself. Interactive, John. Oh, thank you. It's an interactive thank experience so to talk much. to people, particularly us. Hey there! If you want to meet celebrities, like. <laughs> Somebody besides us go to a different site, but if you want to meet us and get to know the real <laughs> Kevin and Greg and John, or at least you know the way that we hide our pain, go to our Facebook group. They already know our personalities, dumb fuck. They just want to have a chance to like get it firsthand. We don't know anything about theirs, so we want to give them some feedback that's really negative too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to judge you, so please hop on. Join up to the group. Let us judge you. Everyone wins. All right, well, let's get after it. Uh, tonight, gentlemen, this is my turn to lead. We are going to discuss the decline of local news. Oh, nice. Why it's happening and the effect it has on people and democracy. And a quick note, the history of this episode is going to be more recent history as we look at what is happening as local news fades away. Uh, John, you already did an episode on the media and we talked about, you know, the printing press and everything how that started and all that. I don't see any reason to, to bring that back up. So that's kind of how we're going to approach this. Sound good? All right. I'm in. I mean, I guess we have no choice. You already did the first right. I mean, Yeah, you well, did, I did, I did like tone. nine pages of research. So I'd appreciate it if we didn't uh, change the subject now. <laughs> so right. so to cool. start, I want to gauge. Do you do you guys follow your local news? No. No. Fucking not a, way. Well, not I mean, even a little I, bit? That's not true. I support local... I, well, I support papers. So like... <laughs> meaning... Meaning... <laughs> Meaning rolling joints. <laughs> right. What do you call it? Uh, no, I, I, I do support, uh, I, I want, like I subscribe to the Wall Street Journal and the Los Angeles Times and New York Times because I want to support organizations. That, and I know they're not necessarily local, but, you know, it's like I want to support media that dives into things. Well, the and, Los Angeles I, Times for you is, is local. That's true. But, th- but, but a lot of what they do is not local. Of so, course, I, I actually subscribe to a bunch of like Instagram accounts and Facebook accounts that 
uh, represent like local news, things that are happening in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not necessarily like a news source. It's not a uh, like a newspaper per se. Sure. It's more like uh, neighbors going, oh, my God, I think there's some kids in a car out front and they're going to try and toilet paper my house. That stuff's really valuable. Let's go get it when they're done. That's just next door. Yeah. All right. Well, or or free stuff. But I mean, I I've got like there's there's groups in the area that I live that kind of well well hold post on. the First comings all, and goings. Nobody's gonna use TP on trees during COVID. That no. stuff is like gold still. Yeah. So that's your comment is stupid. Did you not hear where I just fucking said that when I did my impression of the people? Let's go get it because that stuff's worth gold. Did and even if they that? did it, it would be the I one. It would be that. one ply. It would definitely be one ply. That's it's not true. gonna be. It's not gonna be good like Charmin Mega Rolls. You know, it's like a cardboardy Sherman, not feel. A the sound you're hearing now is not ice falling into my glass so I can make another cocktail. Something different, Mom. <laughs> Wait, what is the topic? <laughs> do you got do you guys when was the last time you subscribed to an actual newspaper? Well, I, just, I used to I, deliver newspapers. I just told you. No, yeah. no, I mean do you so you get a physical paper? No, 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 no. God no. <laughs> yeah. What am I, a monster? <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I no, I've never it's, it's subscribed to a newspaper like a it's physical newspaper. Really? Yeah. Fuck fuck that shit. Huh. What am I? Eighty years old? Oh, I I have I have I, I subscribe to a newspaper. What do you subscribe to? I used to get the Denver Post. Wait, you used to? Well, here I'll get into that. So, <laughs> so he got he got into an altercation the, with the, the fucking reason, newspaper no, no, boy, yeah. delivery delivery no, it's boy. Nothing like that. Yeah, so the reason I want to talk about this is I've I've always had a soft spot for journalism. I loved journalism classes in high school. Uh, I wrote for the paper, the school paper. I had a humor column with my buddy that ran every issue. I was even editor-in-chief my senior year. Are are we sure it was humor? I went to college for journalism before switching majors like three times and dropping out. But I was always, always, I've always been really interested in journalism. That's like what I wanted to do. I think I think John, if we've ever listened to Kevin before, we'd probably know this. But since we don't, we just, this is all like brand new information. Whoa, Thanks, Kevin. Greg, Greg, who the fuck is Kevin? <laughs> yeah, I know. And you know, he's saying things. I'm not going to retain any of this. Because let me tell you, all I'm staring at right now is a black T-shirt. That's all I'm staring at. There's no head. There's no arm sticking up. It's just that T-shirt and a map of the world. And today, I have access to more news sources than ever. Yet I feel more disconnected now than I have most of my adult life. And I was trying to think about why that is. You know, the news today is dominated by antics of Trump and his followers, obviously. And you have all this horrific misinformation, like the pandemic is overblown, the election was rigged, Democrats are running a secret pedophilia ring out of a DC pizza joint. There's just, it's bonkers, all the shit that's out there right now. Wait, I'm sorry, did you say that's not true? Sorry, I didn't. I know you're a big QAnon guy. <laughs> I'm a big pizza guy. <laughs> I was disappointed because when I Googled Pizzagate, I thought it was going to be much more about pizza, way less about molesting children. There's actually so. news footage of people investigating, you know, go of, of like charging into the pizza place, and Greg's in there just like, I'm just trying to get a fucking slice of pizza. <laughs> what are you doing? The pizza fantastic. No, you can't look at my phone. You'd be surprised how many times I get caught in those crosshairs. <laughs> <laughs> what, I'm just trying to have a slice. But I also realized that since I've moved to Colorado, um, I moved here six years, about six years ago now. That you know, I, I I don't feel truly connected with my new state. And in Chicago, I felt very connected. I I knew what was going on. I felt like I was a part of the city. It was home, you know. Here, I, I don't have that same feeling. And and don't get me wrong, I love 
I love Colorado. It's great. But I just don't feel like it's like I'm connected to it yet. And so I started getting the Denver Post last winter and then COVID hit and I decided to stop uh, stop the subscription because we were cutting down on costs and stuff like that. But but it was helping. Like I was I felt like I was getting more in tune with what was going on around me, you know, and I, I think that that's something that happens when you're keeping up on what's happening more locally than just focusing on national news, right? I agree. I, I, I think we should probably all really focus more on local than national. Well, they say so. that's where you have the biggest impact upon right. change, right? right? Right. Well, and that's and that's and that's like local. Like when local news stories get run, they're pointing out things that are happening in your community. So if there's like some fucked up law that's about to pass, and you watch your local news, you're like, oh shit, I need to do something about this. Right. Where a lot of people just ignore that, which is why you end up with weird laws. Yeah. So, or laws that don't benefit society they benefit like a certain like lobbying group or something like that usually rich white people i didn't want to say that because you know <laughs> because I mean, he is of, a rich because he's a rich white person none of us are rich but we're definitely white and i don't i just want to be like i mean i it's some like, of us I, are more white than others everybody understands that i'm very <laughs> pasty us, it's the lighting from the fucking screen we've gone over this yeah. every episode no. No, it doesn't. It's it's the blood lacking in your vampire body. <laughs> so don't you dare blame the fucking screen. Don't you don't you blame Sony? When I was getting the paper, it, it was helping. I felt like I was more in tune with what was going on around me. And I feel like back in the day, like a lot of people I knew read the paper. You know, back in my twenties, you know, I feel like in, even in the in the nineties and two thousands, early two thousands, I feel like a lot of people I knew read the paper. There was there was always a newspaper around places I worked and. And when I was in my 20s, I remember going to a bar and just like grabbing a weekly from a doorway and just sitting at the bar and reading it and having a beer, you know, like, and now instead of a local publication, if I was going to go do that, I would just look at my phone and it would probably be CNN or NPR news or something like that if I wanted to get some news, you know, and it's nothing against those, but it doesn't kind of keep you in tune with where you're living at all, you know? Right. Right. I agree. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why I need to say that. <laughs> well, can I tell you something about the local please, news where please. John and I live? It's all bullshit scare tactics. It's just too depressing to listen to. It just focuses on all the negative, the accidents, the murder shootings. And it, it you know, it's it's not clickbait because it's not on the Internet, but it's it's all about, you know, the hook hook bait. Well, well, right? well here, it, let me but let me ask you this, murder, though. Comma shootings or murder shootings? <laughs> John, this is not going to progress if you just keep fucking dissecting. <laughs> let me let me what ask you this though. Fucking says, <laughs> Greg is or when, how you're we so, look. when you're saying lo- local news, are you just talking about like watching your local NBC station? Is that what you're saying? Well, that I mean, that's part of it, but there's also like local news in the yeah yeah that's that's pretty much. What I I'm mean, saying. a lot of local news, sure, it is it is police blotter and stuff, but yeah, if you wa- if you're just watching like the you know ten o'clock news or whatever, you're going to get a lot of. This person, especially when I was in Chicago, everything was this person just shooting here, shooting there, shooting here. I I do not. Yeah, I, actually, I I stopped watching the news recently because I was getting so fr- stressed out about it. But I but I do I do think if I'm going to watch the news, I should really watch local news. Then right. I don't. Right, like I really don't, and I know that's where it counts. But it's like national news for some reason is so much more compelling. Local news in Los Angeles is terrible. Yeah. Well, what about, Greg, you live just outside of Los Angeles. Do you follow your actual city's news? What goes on? Just so you know, I live in Los Angeles County, but yes. No, 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 but I'm saying Los like. Angeles. Yes, no, that's true. Yes. But I, I was Go just, on. but I was curious, like, because I, I, yeah, I, I pay live, attention to what's going on I don't live, I live outside of Denver, and I don't really pay much attention to my actual city's news. 
Well, I'll tell you what happens, how I find out about what happens in my actual city is Jennifer will be like, hey, did you hear about what, uh, what happened on, on, uh, the local streets. <laughs> so Jen, hey, Jen is your is your news source, is what you're saying. She's the anchor. She gets paid. She gets paid yeah. a lot. Courtney, so. Courtney's my anchor. She will she will tell me what's happening in in our neighborhood. Be careful. In, be careful about saying Courtney is my anchor because it has another meaning to it as well. Like she's dragging you down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Well, you put that shit on him, man. I'm, that wasn't cool. I'm, I'm dragging. I'm dragging me down. Hey, no, I'm trying to. I'm trying else. to help you. I don't want you to go and be like, hey, I told everybody right. that uh, you're my anchor. <laughs> That's true. And, That's and true. how much? How much lower can John get dragged down, man? That dude is fucking pessimistic. That's true. We learned. Seven out of twenty nine. We learned. We learned that. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty seven out of twenty nine. Yeah. And and since then they've readjusted that scale to only go to twenty seven. <laughs> so let's let's talk about some stats. I'm gonna give you guys some stats. We're gonna talk about newspapers for a bit here. Penelope Is there gonna be a quiz? Yes. Penelope Muse Abernathy and her research program at the Hussman School of Journalism and Media at the University of North Carolina published a report called News Deserts and Ghost Newspapers. Will local news survive? Here are some stats from that fucking title. Are you sure it wasn't news? About her title. She sure it wasn't news desserts. Did she go to the school of long? Oh my god! It is news desserts. I have. This is a totally different topic. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to talk about key lime pie. Love key lime pie. Phew! Something you can sink your teeth into. So here are some stats from from her report. A quarter of all U.S. newspapers have died in the past fifteen years. That's roughly twenty one hundred total. Oh, wow. 1,800 communities that had a local news outlet in 2004 were without one at the start of 2020. That's print or digital. In the fall of 2018, the UNC researchers counted 525 digital news sites at the community level, some of them for-profit businesses and some nonprofits. The good news is that more than 80 new community sites have been launched since then, according to the report. But the bad news is that the same number went dark over that same period. So today's count is 525 a net gain of zero. So it's obviously a volatile thing trying to come up with a, a digital news site. You know, People probably think, yeah, we can do this, and then they do it, and they're like, oh, there's no money in this. Do you think the reason for this is because people are just willfully ignorant and they just don't give a fuck about what's happening around them? Obviously, that's, that's the case, because otherwise these places or these businesses would be thriving. Right? Well, there's a lot of reasons for it. We'll get into some of the reasons in a second after I get uh, through a few more stats. Is digital media basically the podcast of 2005? Because you're saying it's 525 start and then 16 years later, there's still only 525 because so many have gone out yes. and started up. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Except there's 1.7 million podcasts right now. <laughs> Hi. Again, if you're listening to us, thank you. We really do appreciate it. Seriously, we really do. We know you have a lot we of options. We really do. And we apologize yeah. for Greg. I mean, but at least you don't have to live with him. That's true. Have, Poor Jen. You don't know what it's like to live with me. I can imagine. Uh, I do. Have you, been, have you been reading Jennifer's Diary? <laughs> I'm a Greg pillow. And I'm like, Greg, tell me what it's like to live with you. And you just go, I love you, John. And I go, I love you too, Greg. And that's it. That's what happens. Why is that bad? <laughs> How's that bad? <laughs> that's not bad That sounds fantastic. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. Jesus. Started Kevin, with an insult. And then ended Kevin with pillows are like, hey, what are you guys doing? I'm like, shut up, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's, Kevin's, Kevin's pillows go in the washing machine with extra bleach. Half of the 3,143 counties in the country now have only one newspaper, usually a small weekly publication, and almost 200 counties in the country have no newspaper at all. 30,000 reporting jobs have been lost in the past 10 years. 
In January of 2019, Verizon Media, Yahoo, AOL, and Huffington Post laid off about 800 people. That same month, newspaper giant Gannett, following its merger with local paper giant Gatehouse, cut as many as 40 people. And people don't even know this is happening. According to a Pew survey in 2019, 71% of Americans think their local news outlets are doing well financially. And only 14% say they pay for local news or donate to a local news source. 14%. So like you guys said, though, you know, John, you, you subscribe to some places to help support them. I think that's awesome. But, you know, I, I think like people just don't think they need to do it. You know, they don't need to. The, the, right. It's just another thing that they have to buy and they don't need to buy it. You know? Right. Yeah, I, I, and it's, and it's, right. I, th- I think that's. I think people have, like, just what you're saying. I, I think people have like this, this perception because, you know, for a long time, media, like, you know, I mean, like, there were people who became billionaires, absolutely, off of yeah. newspapers, right, and media. So, Citizen Kane, so I, baby. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. That documentary. A about nice that guy with a, a nice, a nice recent Fantastic. reference there, Kevin. <laughs> 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 oh my God! This just in the Japs at Palm Pearl Harbor. I'm not touching any of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you gotta cut that. You definitely gotta cut <laughs> I that. Don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know. You know what? After that comment, I'm just gonna zip it. <laughs> just John, have up. you drank more alcohol than I think you have? <laughs> no. No, okay. I just have a very low tolerance now because <laughs> I'm not like you two, and I think we would know what I mean. That's true. So why is this happening? Why is local news dying? A big reason, an obvious reason, is revenue. Before the rise of the internet and things like Facebook and Craigslist, 80% of a newspaper's revenue came from print ads and classifieds. Classifieds were huge for newspapers, for sale, personals, job posting, car sales, Remember those chance encounters? You. Your name was John Banks. I was at a Wendy's drive-thru. I ordered ordered a single and I saw you across the parking lot. Well, in that same realm, uh, one study said that Craigslist saved classified ad customers $5 billion between 2000 and 2007. That's amazing. $5 billion. Wow. So to your your point, Greg, like, yeah, Craigslist and it's... What is it? Misconnections? Chance encounters, right? Something like that? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> right. That, so there's all these billionaires been made, and I think that's the. I think that's what people think. I think people look back, and, you know, they look at, like, they, they think of news publications as from, like, the 80s and 90s and 2000s, well, like, early 2000s, mm-hmm. where they were these, like, they, they did make money, you know? They did very well. Not necessarily local papers, but just, like, media in general were, like, the, you know, these empires. And so I think that's how people think about it. I mean, they still, to some degree, still do. There's just a lot less of them, right? Well, now yeah. it's now it's really more about like it's the stock shareholders, you know, it's, it's all hedge, stuff hedge where, fund groups, stuff yeah, like that, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so but but yeah, and they're, you know, there's just a yeah, there's a lot less of them, but still, people think for some reason that it's like there's this this huge amount of money that you and it used to it used to actually would go down from bigger companies and then have affiliates and it would kind of like trickle down through media, and I don't think it works that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Agreed. In 2006, The Economist wrote, Craig Newmark, founder of Craigslist, has probably done more than anything to destroy newspapers' income, which isn't really a fair statement. We'll get to that in a second. Another thing, another reason that local news is, is sort of dying out is convenience for its readers. It's a lot easier to read news on your phone than open a paper or, or something like that. So 
you know, you can quickly scroll through headlines and decide what you want to read. There's and and there's plenty of free news online and on apps, so you don't need to pay for local news. You don't need to pay for your local paper. Tying revenue and convenience together, subscriptions are down because people don't need to pay for news, right? And it's like it's like porn. Who pays for porn? You know, there's no reason to. Okay, you guys I mean, pay for porn. I, I can tell. Let's, I not, let's not judge people who pay for porn. That's all I'm saying. Let's not alienate our listeners. Another thing that has uh, contributed to uh, the, the dying out of local news is greed. Uh, we talked about Craigslist, but newspapers are to blame for their lost classified revenue as well. A 2016 Politico article by Jack Schaefer entitled Don't Blame Craigslist for the Decline of Newspapers points out that newspapers' greed needs to take a large part of the blame as well. Schaefer says, Where they gained monopoly power, which was most U.S. cities, daily newspapers gouged their classified customers pitilessly. They lobbied Congress heavily to block the early migration of classifieds to electronic forms, and the big newspaper chains helped destroy their own businesses by investing in national online classified advertising verticals, which they ultimately sold. Against this backdrop, Newmark was an inevitable force, but no villain. And listen to this. I thought this was pretty interesting. These are some Washington Post classified fees through the years. In 1981, it was $2.85 per line. In 1982, it was $3.15 per line. And for you younger people out there, when you used to do a classified in a newspaper, you actually paid per line of text. So in 1984, it was $3.65 per line. And then in 19, by 1996, it was $7.93 per line. So between 1981 and 1984, classified prices in the Washington Post went up by 28%. That's a big increase in only three years. And between 1984 and 1996, they went up 117% prices for classes. Wow. I mean, you know, so going yeah, back to that going back also, to that 5 billion in classified revenue Craigslist saved its customers, perhaps the newspapers hadn't been so greedy. But they do, you know, they they would newspapers used to send people all over the world. You know, not necessarily small papers, but you know, yeah, the, the paper you're talking about is, is a big paper. So it's like the Washington Post, you know, they had they they had people in Iraq and Iran and you know, the Soviet Union, and so they were doing these like stories that were like these in-depth stories from very far away. So it was a lot of money. That's true. It's a good you know? point. So, and that's and that's the thing is like, and and I'm sure they were gouging their, you know, subscribers because uh, it's a it's a business and business y- y- you get away with as much as you can get away with, right? Or as as mm-hmm. much as the market will bear, in a sense. So, I don't know, man. <laughs> do you have any, <laughs> like, Do you have any Do you have any research to um? To tell us like how much revenue they generate in advertisements versus subscriptions, like I would imagine subscriptions is the lion's share of the income. You, would you, no, would it think, was. I, I think, don't have exact uh, uh, stats, but you're you're backwards on that. Advertising was where the the money was. But obviously, like no one would advertise unless the uh, subscriptions were pretty heavy, right? Sure, they'd have to probably prove that they had a certain number of prescript uh, subscriptions to get. To get a, a a certain dollar amount, but and and a lot of it was tied to um, a lot of of newspaper ad revenue was tied to department stores too, well, because I, they were the biggest ones to advertise. You know, in the in like you know the fifties, sixties, seventies, which uh, don't right. really exist in the same way right. anymore. They don't really anyway. exist there's, anymore. Exactly. There's Amazon. So yeah, that's. Would it be weird yeah, if we lived weird. in a world where like Facebook advertised in newspapers to get people to come to its site? Wouldn't that be like a weird world? That would be a weird world. Yeah. 
I don't think they feel the need to do that. <laughs> no, I don't think they do at all. But and that's the thing, though, right? Is like, what are we willing to trade as far as money, right? So are we willing to feel like we're being gouged to pay this to get information that we feel is accurate, mm-hmm. right? Because we get a lot. We, now it's a lot of it is free, but how much of it is actually accurate information? And that's that's part of the problem, exactly. Right. And 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 something else that you can kind of talk about is is the fact that every single movie that's about the integrity of newspapers is always like you know newspapers are the champion of the people of the and, people yeah. and we're getting accurate news out there and you know you've got the Trump administration that completely smeared all media well all media that doesn't doesn't like kiss his ass and and that starts with it starts with local newspapers it's it's the same thing right right and what what we go oh, sorry go ahead I was just going to say, I don't think like any of my kids even know that there's a local newspaper in the area that we live in. And there is. There, I, when, I was, when we were younger, we, we would read newspapers. Kevin subscribed to them. I mean, I remember reading newspapers all and the my time. My parents used to give them too, yeah. The and, local paper, and, yeah. And there's no way my kids know that that ever even really existed. Right. But but the thing that we like, that's right because because we have given it up right but the thing we actually get for our money is we get the the value of knowing that it's the truth right because if a newspaper we, we get like the accountability and the credit of the newspaper because if a newspaper is caught lying in over and over again nobody will subscribe to that newspaper and it will go out of business so we pay for the truth is basically what we do and when we're not willing to pay for the truth we don't get it that's right. And the the article by Schaefer also points out something uh, kind of to talk about what you were talking about earlier, John, as far as, you know, they, they have to send reporters all over the place. The, the increases in the classifieds far outpaced inflation. And he says, keep in mind that the Post and other newspapers weren't raising prices because they were struggling. At that point, newspapers were a 30% margin business, flush with so much cash that they were opening regional international bureaus with abandon, kind of to your point, John, buying up other newspapers, investing in television stations and other businesses. So they basically just raised these classified prices just because they could. Well, and that's that goes back to mm. like when those were, as soon as they're not used as much and something comes along like Craigslist that's free, it's, it's going to lose all its power. And that that five billion figure of that Craigslist saved people five billion dollars through across those uh, six years. You also have to figure a lot of people aren't going to be placing the classified ad unless it was free. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, someone might be placing whether it's a personal, whether it's they decided to sell something that they just wanted to get out of their garage that they're not going to pay to 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 advertise. But whatever, I'll just I'll fucking get rid of this thing. You know, right? Because it's free. Why not? That's true. Right. You you would not put. The thing you're selling for ten dollars in a classified ad, but you'll put it on Craigslist. Oh, exactly. dude, I don't know right. if that's true. I remember reading some some uh, for sale ads in like the Recycler or whatever. Oh yeah, that, that my brother and I used to read those funny. for sale ads all the time. In the, and there were the so many, yeah, yeah. There were so many that were like total jokes, right? Yeah, like selling stuff for fifty cents. Yep, totally. So newspapers did a lot to protect their revenue as well. Many of them are now owned or mostly owned by hedge funds. Obviously, they are going to do a lot to protect their wealth. Uh, In 1980, AT&T was working on ways of producing an electronic yellow pages, which is crazy for 1980. Catherine Graham of the Washington Post, who was famously portrayed as a hero of the free press by Meryl Streep in the film The Post, 
Uh, she led the charge with several other publications and lobbied hard to Congress to block them from creating, to block AT&T from creating their electronic yellow pages. According to the book Strategic Newspaper Management by Conrad C. Fink, the argument was that AT&T could use their technology and resources to broadcast news and advertising and gain monopoly control over the flow of information. But when Senator Robert Packwood suggested that what the publishers were really worried about was that AT&T's electronic yellow pages would destroy newspaper advertising, Graham responded, you're damn right it is. <laughs> so she didn't, to, she didn't even try to pretend that I, that wasn't I, what the issue was. I did get stuck on the guy's name, Packwood. I mean, that's like, come on. That's a little on yeah. the nose. Yeah, Packwood. Conrad Fink was another name in there. <laughs> well, that's not as funny as Packwood. I mean, Packwood's but don't, don't all businesses though will i mean every corporation will fight for the thing that makes it profitable because because they're not know picking on them i'm just saying right, that they're not right. they're not they're not like you no, know no, they're, they're not like you know the patron saints of whatever saints are patron for because <laughs> like, i'm not a catholic i don't know john's john's got that saint on his dashboard for yeah. when he drives to make sure he crash. <laughs> it's yeah but yeah anyway i don't know fuck it Good, man. <laughs> good good work, John. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and also newspapers were 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 not as resistant to to the internet as they sometimes claim. Uh again from that article by Schaefer, cars.com which got started in 1998 was owned by Gannett, McClatchy, Knight Ritter, Tribune, Times Mirror, <laughs> The Washington Post, Whoa. Central Newspapers and AH Bellow. Did you say McClatchy? <laughs> Yeah. I love that. I don't know what that is. What is that? <laughs> They're just different media companies. And McClatchy. Stuff. McClatchy Ford. Come on down. <laughs> the same outfit acquired <laughs> Apartments.com in 1998. In 1999, the Cox newspaper chain created Autotrader.com. Cox. Knight Ritter and Tribune bought Career Builder in 2000. And Gannett bought one-third interest in Career Builder in 2002. And Schaefer continues, if you're still sobbing for the newspaper companies, he says you shouldn't. The Cars.com and ad- Apartments.com investors did nicely when they decided to cash out. Gannett b- bought out its four remaining Cars.com partners for $1.8 billion in 2014. And CoStar bought Apartments.com for $585 million the same year. Didn't yeah. Jeff Goldblum do those like all those commercials for Apartments.com? Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> uh, okay. So, see, you need somewhere to live. And yeah. and there's Jeff Goldblum. Is that your goal? Is that yeah, that's, right? I, I was going oh. for it, but oh, you guys God, interrupted no. it. Is that, that what well, you're supposed to do? Terrible. Is that what it you're supposed to, to do in improv? Are you? Aren't you supposed to go and? Well, what, what, I think you interrupt and, somebody like, when they're doing a, a, a when they're really tanking. I think that's generally what you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you didn't save, give me a chance to tank. Save them. You yes and, but then you save them, Greg. You didn't yes and me. You no and. You you know and shut the fuck up, Greg. Because you were sinking, and I saved you like my little baby bird. Thank you. <laughs> the Graham family sold the Washington Post to Jeff Bezos for $250 million, and it retained 16.5% share in Cars.com, which it later collected $408.5 million for. Did you guys ever and, see The Fly? And Graham Holdings got $95 million for its share of Apartments.com. Is that a so no? So lots of money all around. Uh, I did see The Fly, yeah. yeah Is that what you interrupted me for? Yeah. Ask if I, I saw The Fucking Fly? Wasn't, wasn't that movie? No, that movie's awesome, right? <laughs> Okay. He turned into a fly. Uh, I remember no. watching that movie when I was a kid. Shh, going, no. you know what? They no, can do anything no, 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 in movies. Shh, hey, shh, shh, shh. Okay, go, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so focused on Jeff Goldblum? This topic is not Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> it's not in my contract that I have to wait till you finish the fucking sentence. 
Well, apparently something in your contract is going to be about always referencing Jeff Goldblum in every yeah, episode. That's yeah. what we're going to do from now on. I done it one fucking time, dude. I like the guy. So we focus mainly on newspapers, but local what news. What was that quote the- that he had in Jurassic Park? It was something like, "Just because you could doesn't mean you should." Was that William Shatner? <laughs> that was. It was just bad. Whatever it was, it was bad. Greg, it's okay. I can't do impressions either. Everyone sounds Irish. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try it again, but I decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So we focus mainly on newspapers, but local news has declined in other areas as well. Uh, terrestrial radio has been on the decline for some time now because of on-demand content, you know, like podcasts. Uh, do you do you guys listen to terrestrial radio stations? To podcasts? Yes, I do. Do you guys I, listen to I, terrestrial radio I, stations I, at all? I don't because it's they don't play what I want them to play, and they say stupid things all the time, so... Yeah, I get on I get on podcast now. Yeah. Greg same. I think that the 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 word the words terrestrial radio just annoy me so much that I just won't listen. No. All right. Well here's wait, some info. Wait. What about you, Kev? No, I don't. I I don't I mean again there's not really a need to. You know, I don't I don't have a I don't have a need to listen because of because you've got podcasts and you've got apps. So if even if you want to listen to NPR news like I have a my yeah I have Colorado I have a Colorado public radio app on my phone you You literally have the world in the palm of your hand right why do I need to listen to the radio right yeah yeah here's some info from a 2017 study about terrestrial radio from New York University's Steinhardt music business program generation Z people born between the mid 90s to the early 2010s show little to no interest in traditional media including radio very shocking that's what I was saying about my kids, kind of, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. They Well, they've grown up with on-demand content, right? So why listen to music on the radio when you can stream whatever the hell you want on Spotify yeah. or YouTube? Seriously, I mean, you can literally play anything you want at any moment in time. Yeah. Why would you be on a radio where they yeah. play whatever they want to play? You know, they're so spoiled. Think about what well, we used to have to, like, jerk off to. Like, you, you know, like, speaking yeah. of on-demand. Like, ha- yeah. like a ripped out page from a Playboy, and it was weirdly just from their knees down, and so then you end up with a foot fetish. The Sears catalog, you know, same thing, right? <laughs> that's how. That's where foot fetishes come from. No, I'm just talking about myself. Sears. Right? <laughs> Sears. Sears. <laughs> we got we got tools and foot fetishes. <laughs> Both of them come with a lifetime guarantee. Cra- craftsman tools, craftsman foot fetishes. We'll cover both for life. <laughs> the the one thing i'll say it's kind of interesting about what you said john about why would you listen to radio when you can listen to whatever you want sheen and i have uh we got sirius xm about a year ago because it was like you okay know, we, we got, get it you're rich god how many times you gotta throw it in our faces we got hooked we got hooked because we, we you know we got a car and they just include it and then you're like <laughs> then they just lure you in you know yeah they, they do it is pretty but, amazing. It really but is. But it's funny. I actually we love it. Like we play it all the time. And it's funny because we you know, we we subscribe to Spotify and can listen to whatever the fuck we want. But yet we've really enjoyed like just listening to Sirius. There kind of is and, something there is something to the spontaneity of what's coming next, right? Yeah. I, mean, not I, knowing, I know you yeah. can narrow down, like I'm sure you're looking and listening to like the sixties on six, but you don't know what's gonna come up next. Right, it's fun. It's kind it's, of fun. It like, is fun. It's such an adventure. It's like it's like this. It's like that last episode where we talked about adventure seekers. That's what it is, right? It is. That's that's about <laughs> as adventurous as I get. You're Do you like, listen to Howard Stern show? I don't know. 
Man, we are plugging the shit out of people tonight. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> Howard Stern. <laughs> Maybe part of the uh, the 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 thing with Sirius is nostalgia. Maybe. Yeah. You know, because you're, you're not you're, you're listening to even you know I'll, we'll listen to '80s on eight sometimes, or even if I'm listening to XMU or something, even though it's not old music, it's still there's something nostalgic about listening to the radio and just having someone introduce a song to you. Maybe. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I don't know XMU that I don't know. You're just letters. You're just naming letters. But yes, it's kind of you. like college bands. It's yeah. like college. So yeah, used for oh, university. Yeah, no, it, it, it is. It is. It is nice to like have to sit through the song it's, it's like listening to an album right right like yeah when, how often on. do you do that yeah and it's but but when you do it it's amazing because you're just mm-hmm. like right like they created this to take me on this journey and this person listens the person on you know like the dj it's like we make fun of them but really and truly like they listen to way more music than i do so it's like mm-hmm. they're gonna put together Maybe it's music I've heard a hundred times, but they're going to put together like the story and take me on this adventure. Again, adventure. Yeah. Yeah. It all comes back around to adventure. Why are you laughing, Greg? I'm, I'm laughing because... <laughs> no, I, I. that's why I'm laughing for one. He's waiting for you to mention Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> so Who's dreamy. But they don't even create music anymore for the for an album. Right, Jeff they just Goldblum, do it for the Jeff for the song. Never, I don't think Great anybody. Music. I don't think every band does that. I think there's a lot of bands who still have full concepts yeah, in mind when they. That's create true, them. but Jeff Goldblum is a uh, is like a pianist. I think he plays a piano. No, yeah, and, yeah. I want to go see his show in L.A. when he when this COVID thing's over. It's supposed to be really funny. Yeah. Uh, cars are now being connected <laughs> to digital services, as I said before, so less people tune into their radio. Hey, John, John, you want to do a podcast? <laughs> Smart speakers. Hi. Welcome to the Jeff Goldblum podcast, where all we do is talk about Jeff Goldblum. Why? Because we're trying to up our listenership, and people, for some reason, love that guy. Well, hey, Kevin. It's just for us. It's a very hey, self-indulgent <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I love. You guys, you guys will have three listeners: <laughs> you, you, and Jeff, and Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum, and that dinosaur in Jurassic Park, <laughs> oh. and the fly. All right, please, please, sir, please. He's so much more than those two. All right. So, and the you can cars are n- cars yeah. are now being connected to Craig. I'm cutting so much. <laughs> okay, we're right. an hour and seven, but really we're at thirty-two. So. What page am I on? Three? No, yes. I'm further than that. <laughs> Cars are now being connected to digital services, so less people tune into their radios, uh, as I was talking about before. Uh, smart speakers, there's no antenna, so if you're using a smart speaker, you're connecting to your digital services, like Spotify or Pandora or whatever. People aren't going to the radio for music, so they're not getting their local news from there either. I remember when I was a kid and I'd listen to like a Chicago radio station, they broke in with news reports, you know, they're talking about local and national news. It sort of forced you to keep up with what was going on unless you want to change the station. And obviously, Sirius and Spotify don't do that. Right. Uh, Television is not immune to local news decline either. The Sinclair Broadcasting Group, a telecommunications conglomerate, owns or operates 294 TV stations across the U.S. in 89 markets. I read a 2019 Vice article by Carl Bode called The Death of Local News is Making Us Dumber and More Divided. Nothing subtle about that title. He talks about a joint study out of Stanford and Emory University that took specific interest in Sinclair Broadcasting. They buy up the nation's local broadcasters, then force them to run certain stories, generally right-leaning stuff. The study found that after Sinclair bought a a station, 
the national news stories went up and the local news stories decreased. And the article points out that covering local town halls, political campaigns, and regional issues requires legwork that larger companies don't want to pay for. So it's kind of like any big company buying up little companies. They figure out ways that they can save money. Well, that we talked. I think we t- we touched on on them, right, Sinclair, when we did the media thing. I think we talked about them a little bit. I think we did. Yeah, yeah. That familiar. And yeah, I I again like that. I, I remember watching. There was a uh, what is John Oliver's show last week tonight? Last week tonight. Uh, yeah, yeah, I watched uh, last week tonight with him, and and they they did like a whole show on this, and it is kind of scary because that's the thing is like when they're you know it's like we find out through our local news about what's happening with our councilmen and women, you know, council people yeah. and our, and our like senators and, you know, like our state senators. And so it's like, we find out through local news, all these things that are happening and we don't, we don't follow that anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's dangerous. It's very dangerous. This episode is brought to you by direct TV stream. Direct TV stream brings you the live TV you love. That means you can stay up to the minute on 24 hour live news from entertainment to current events, wherever you are in the U S whether that's at home on your TV or streaming on the go. And you get your favorite live sports, so you can catch this season's biggest games. Get the best of live TV with DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. This episode is brought to you by WhatsApp. When you send an SMS, someone else could be reading it, but not the someone you think. That I miss you could be read by someone you don't miss or have never even met. That see you tonight, bro, could be read by someone who's most definitely not your bro. WhatsApp's automatic end-to-end encryption ensures that your personal messages are your personal messages. WhatsApp, always message privately. Learn more at whatsapp.com. The the study found that after... My middle name's Danger. (laughs) No, it's not. It's Eugene. It is. (laughs) Jesus. Eugene? God. Same thing. Is it really? No, it is no, not. No, it's not. No, I'm it's not going to, don't worry. I wouldn't put your your middle name on here anyway. I mean, that's identity theft, you know? No, well, that's why I said Eugene and not his real middle name. I mean, I have both your social security numbers up on the <laughs> website, but I'm not I'm not an idiot. I'm not giving up your middle name. Mine's, mine's number 69. History defeats itself. 111-11-1111. The study found that after Sinclair acquired a local broadcaster, the ratings actually dipped, which means that the people don't like the changes implemented. But because... It's happening to so many stations and newspapers as well. The options might be limited. So if ever all your stations are getting bought up, you're no matter what you w- want to do, you're going to be fed what they want you to eat. So I got to say something <laughs> here. When I was home for Thanksgiving, um, John, was, Los Angeles is your home, right? Yeah, John. When I was in Bama <laughs> for Gobble Gobble Day. <laughs> My parents actually watched several different news programs, which was very annoying to me because I don't watch the news. But it was like really cool because they were they were taking it. They were like getting like Fox News and CBS and you mean their local stations? Yeah. Well, no, no, yeah. they were like doing national, and then they show and then they watched their local stations, and they watched they watched like several different like news stations every night. They watch they consume a lot of news, but they like spread it out, so they're they're actually getting like a pretty broad view of mm-hmm. of the information which was really fascinating to me obviously not to anyone else i, I don't think you know what fascinating means <laughs> that's i agree i agree craig's punchy again yeah blame it on the off-brand vodka what happens when local news goes away and why should we be concerned about it 
As pointed out in a 2019 Atlantic article by Alexis C. Madrigal called Local News is Dying and Americans Have No Idea, newspaper reporters used to be the backbone of every local journalism ecosystem. Medium and large-sized cities sometimes had hundreds of them, and their publication's formats allowed for the day-to-day coverage and investigative explorations that make civic journalism valuable to communities. In a previous world, perhaps one would imagine that a million bloggers would spring up to fill the void left by all the actual reporting jobs disappearing, but that did not happen, and it's not going to happen. The explosion of national digital-only news outlets has come and gone, basically, and many survive, but few do the kind of journalism that local papers did. I think this line from the article sums this idea up really well. It's one thing to tweet from a city hall council meeting every once in a while, and a whole other thing to cover city hall for a real newspaper. And that's just not happening as much, where people actually cover City Hall, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of a shame. I think just as citizens of of the United States and just right in our own little communities, we need to know what's going on so people... I mean, because there's, there's all kinds of abuse of power, even in little towns and cities, and they need to be held accountable if they're going to fuck things up. And, they, and if they know that there's a threat of it being reported... When when they do something kind of, you know, off color or whatever, then it probably will change their behavior and the way they process things. I, I don't know. It's it, it's you're 100 percent right that that is one of the things that that we'll talk about is is the is that's one of the dangers of it is the lack of accountability. Exactly what you were saying, because like if people go if, if people in power go unchecked, they will they will just keep going. I think people <laughs> I think people people. I don't think yeah. people in power, right? It's like I think I think uh, my, my granddad had this uh, before he passed away. He had this grading like, like he was just like, I think all politicians get into politics with like a belief they're going to change things. But he goes, given enough time and enough money, anyone can be corrupted. Mm-hmm. I think even even us. I, Not yeah. Me. Oh my god! I, I, would, I would sell out so fast, so fast. <laughs> <laughs> like I. I, I don't have integrity. Listen. Well, it, it seems like we, we, no, I, we I really, like, in the last four years, for example, we've really focused on more national uh, news because... Craig, why is that? Why is why, What happened the last four years? I don't know if I really need to talk about that specifically, <laughs> but it, it's it's the fact that, like, some crazy shit has gone down, and I think most people are just sick of the daily drama. Like... If, if if a lot of this stuff happened 20, 30 years ago, what what Trump does in a single day would destroy a, a politician like 20 years ago, right? Absolutely. So yeah. I think, I think just grown six numb. years ago. I think <laughs> yeah. Well, we've Something grown numb to it. weird happened in the last four to six years. Yeah. We've totally grown numb to it. You're right, Greg. And 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 it probably translates to like like so no one really wants to pay attention to local news because it doesn't have a huge impact. Or you don't think well, it does, but seemingly. it actually has a exactly. huge yep. right. But it, huge okay, impact. so it has a huge impact upon a smaller percentage of people. But on you. But that that's the thing, is like you it's like your local pol- your local decisions and choices and politicians, that is what you actually experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what we don't care about. What we care about is the drama on the fucking national stage with an insane person. Well, I'm not sure about what we care about. I think what we care about is what we're given. And if if most people don't, 
I, I don't know. It seems like the national news has a greater impact upon people. Right, but it, but it goes back to like the whole the optimism episode where we're talking about like how like pessimism and optimism like we we see the war like people respond and we'll watch tragedy or threats but we won't watch the news story about the puppy (laughs) (laughs) hey greg i have a serious question for you okay is john drunk yeah Yeah. for sure (laughs) yeah he is he's literally okay so I've only seen him have one shot, and he's been nursing a beer the entire episode. Yeah, is, so I have my, no idea how this is happening. No, this, this is, is my, at least this second. Is, this is my third beer. Okay. I I have been nonstop vodka and and because uh, I don't drink. I'm why a, are you making me drink? <laughs> <laughs> horrible! You're a horrible. John person. has had no alcohol since our last recording. All right. Well, before really he haven't. before he passes out, let me let me continue. <laughs> um. I'd like to see him pass out, by the way, while you're continuing. So so what happens to communities that have lost their local news? Uh, Jeffrey Brown from PBS interviewed uh, Chuck Plunkett, a former editor of the Denver Post, and Charles Sinat, a veteran journalist and now founder and CEO of the Ground Truth Project, a nonprofit media organization that founded Report for America, which helps train and place reporters in local newsrooms. In that interview, Sinat points out, what we lose is an ability for us to have a shared set of facts on a local level and for us to have a civic debate on the local level. And I think we're really seeing a fraying of communities as a result. Plunkett said that in 2003, the Denver Post had 300 journalists. Now there are 70. And that means there are fewer reporters covering what we talked about before, covering City Hall, covering the State House, covering the important beats like cops and businesses. Plunkett said, studies have shown that when there are fewer reporters in communities, that corruption inevitably starts to grow, taxes start to go up, and voter participation starts to drop. Which makes sense. If reporters aren't there to watch politicians and report what they're doing, there's little to no accountability, like what we were talking about before. But um, the fraying of communities is kind of interesting. You guys, do, you guys see, do you guys feel like that's uh, accurate? I don't know if it's a fraying of communities necessarily... That's a really tough question to answer because I live in a kind of a suburban Los Angeles County area and it seems like people are pretty politically motivated and are activated and it, but it's probably more on a national level than a local level. Yeah. And but I don't know if it's freeing our community. That's a tough one to answer because we not a lot of people know what's going on locally. And yeah. and I ten, I live like where I live. It's it's predominantly conservative. Oh really? I didn't realize that. Yeah, it is. So it's it's a bit of a drag for me. There are people that are still protesting the election, and and saying that uh, you know we didn't count the votes properly. Uh, do you still have Trump and, signs in your neighborhood? Yeah, across the street, there's still a Trump flag happening. There's a Trump train. They want us to jump Trump on. Train. Right, so so it is fraying our communities then because yeah, kind of. we we but that's not local news. No, no, but but that's, that's the true. thing, right? But but it's not local news. But 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 we used to have local news, which I think connected us more as humans, right? Like is more like oh right. I it's, think it's, I think empathy and decency should co- connect us, John. It <laughs> should it should, <laughs> but it doesn't. I no. I think that's I think that's, I think that's a that's a low blow, man. I think that's a low blow. So. I think is it that, is it accurate? 
I really trying to turn over a new life leaf leaf in my life. <laughs> I'm still life in my life. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna do that again. I'm really trying to turn over a new leaf in my we're, life. We're we're gonna have to <laughs> shit can this entire episode. No, am I that drunk? No, you're slurring. You're slurring a bit. It just oh, depends really? on your definition oh, of that. Fuck. All right, I, I'm gonna stop talking. I'm just gonna go yes, <laughs> yes. But it's gonna Greg. be yes. Yes. Plunkett talked about lower voter interest. Voter turnout in local elections is very much tied to local news. When people are up to date with what's going on in their communities and what the candidates stand for and what propositions are on the ballot, they're going to be more inclined to vote, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think we talked about, I think John brought that up a little earlier. And higher taxes is another thing he talked about. An article on governing.com from October of 2020 called How the Decline of Local News Threatens Local Democracy by Michael Hendricks says public finances also take a hit when local news coverage drops. In the three years following a newspaper's exit, the cost of government goes up. Taxes, payrolls, average wages, deficits, and borrowing costs all rise, especially in states already suffering from poor governments. The price of municipal bonds, which helps pay for things like roads and schools, is a clue to the positive influence of local news since more information and better monitoring should lower the risk of default. But with fewer newspapers around, rising borrowing costs have added hundreds of thousands of dollars to the cost of a typical issuance. That's not something you'd ever really think about as it relates to the decline of local journalism, right? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's like crazy. The trickle-down effect is kind of wild. He also talks John, about- John's just waiting to say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good work, John. <laughs> Contribution, John. Uh, he also yes. talked about public safety uh, from the article by Hendricks. Let me start over. Hendricks also talks about public safety. Uh, Decreasing TV news coverage of local wrongdoings leads to a decline in clearance rates for violent crimes. After Sinclair Broadcast Group purchased 14 local television stations, researchers found a 25% drop in local coverage, which mainly impacted the violent crime beat. Less crime in the news gave it less prominence in public opinion, which in turn induced police officers to decrease the effort allocated to clearing violent crimes. The greatest drops in clearance rates were found in older communities where residents were not only avid news consumers, but a key political interest group. So that's pretty fucked up. So basically what that's saying is violent crime, you know, police officers were kind of like, well, I mean, people aren't really paying attention, so we're not going to really run this down as much, except in areas where older communities were following the news and people were worried about getting reelected it really is like this whole episode is kind of cementing the fact that local news and news itself is a business and it's yeah. all it's it's all about like the squeaky wheel gets the grease and that includes the consumer and if you're demanding if you're a demographic that kind of demands more information and more news like I, I don't know, maybe maybe newspapers in small town Florida where there's a lot of retirees actually thrive and and because because that demographic really wants the, the information. And if people are gonna be ignorant of it and not not care and be apathetic, then you're not gonna get you're not gonna get the same coverage, which means everyone's gonna take advantage of a, a situation where they're not gonna get called out. Right. Again, goes back to accountability. And yeah, money, I and and it's, it's all about money. It's I all think about human human nature. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, yeah. I, I really do. It's like I don't think anyone's like the worst person in the world or the best person in the world. I think we're all like in this range, and and what like makes people make a lot of the choices they make is 
based on how the world sees them, right? So are you saying basically like for the from the cops perspective it's they they don't want to have to do the work so if no one's kind of calling them holding them accountable then they're like eh. well, I th- I think anybody not from the cops I, I just think anybody I think anybody it's like if we don't if we're not accountable to anyone except ourselves I think it's really easy to just slack off to give ourselves yeah. a lot more room I think that, I think that is human nature That speaks to the laziness of John Banks Well <laughs> oh man am I alone in this no, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think people uh, in a lot of ways will do only what they have to do. And if you're not getting public pressure to find the killer, if you're not getting public pressure right. to find the person responsible for the break-ins, people respond you're not going to try as hard. Yep. That's it. People respond mm-hmm. to incentives. We all do. And it just, yeah. what is the incentive we're respond getting? Respond to what? Incentives. Okay. Yeah. That's true. It is. I no, it's, it's, it, I think you're absolutely right. And it's... It's a it's a it's another sad byproduct of local news going down because there's there's no one there's no watchdog. Another uh, consequence of losing local news is uh, more partisanship and divisiveness. Again, from Hendricks, studies show that split ticket voting declines after a lose, local newspaper closes, meaning more people would just vote a straight ticket without looking at the candidates themselves. Hendricks points out that the consequences grow from there. Less information and more partisan noise also means fewer people willing to run for office and less engagement by citizens in elections, while also removing incentives for politicians to work as hard for their constituents. So that kind of sucks, too. A lot of this stuff sucks. That for sure sucks. But I think think what's happened is we've grown so numb because we were talking about national politics and kind of why everyone pays attention to that. And it's really making us apathetic. Because, like, I, who has the time or the stress level to kind of deal with all this local shit? Be- you mean elections? National- you, you vote, do you vote in your local elections? I do. It's and did you, did, you, did you look into the candidates? Yeah, I did. So what are you talking about then? What do you mean? Well, what I'm saying is that I think that – but you're talking about local reporting will have a greater impact upon you splitting the ticket, right? Instead of instead of like saying like if you're going to vote for this president, you know, a Democratic president, and then you want to look at your senators, you, instead of looking at the senators, the people themselves, they don't even look at them. They just go, oh, well, Democrat. Yeah. And that's, I mean? that's directly related to the fact that local newspapers and local reporting is dying off. Right. right? That's so, that's exactly the point. Yeah. 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 No, I know. I know. I know. But what I'm what I was trying to say is that it's because. It feels like it's kind of on purpose because what's happening at the national level is so exhausting and mm. so just it's so divisive. Probably people are voting right along their party ticket the whole way, and we we have so much wasted energy on on national politics that local politics don't get any attention at all, and we're just going to kind of go straight down the party so, line. So you're are you are you almost saying that that's kind of by design as far as the the higher up national politicians well, are concerned I, I don't know if it's by design but i think people just get fatigued by paying attention to the national because national national news and national politics grab all the headlines and we just don't have the reserves to deal with the things that affect us more directly yeah, and I, maybe saying. we lose sight of the fact that there's so little you can do about what's happening if there was if there's more that we could do as individuals with what's going on, it would have been done already. Right. Right. Like we try I, 
2020, we tried to do the most protesting we've ever done in the past. And what's that fucking changed? It hasn't changed anything that comes out of the White House. I mean, granted, we didn't we didn't reelect Trump, but it I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's interesting a because situation. It's interesting because I think also I think people are more inclined to vote a straight ticket now more than ever on both sides as well. And and Trump has a lot to do with that because Trump has sort of uh, started this movement of other shithead politicians that you see out there and and. We had a guy uh, here in Colorado named Cory Gardner. I don't want to go off off the rails, but um, he's a, he's a he's just a Trump minion, is what he is. And unfortunately, he got elected. I'm not really sure how, but he's he's gone by a landslide as well. And I think that a lot of that kind of played together with Trump. I think a lot of people voted straight tickets this year. I mean, well, I'll fucking admit I also did. Say, I'll admit I did. Didn't they also say that a lot a lot of Republicans voted for Biden? But then to make up for that, they voted Republican like the rest of the ticket. Really? I didn't hear that. Yeah, there was a lot of that happening. I want to hear from John. Not me. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to hear from John. I don't <laughs> want to. Me either. I'm with no. you, John. Finally, no, you said I, something like, and I agree. I, I had a thought, and then I was like, oh, and then I started thinking, like, oh, man, I really do think I've had too much to drink. And then I'm just off on this, like, the whole thing about, oh, my God, who am I as that person? Am I and, slurring? And I'm really, I really yeah. want a burrito. Yeah, John went on a mental booze cruise. <laughs> China is so beautiful this time of year. Well, a lot of this also leads to less informed or even misinformed people. An October uh, article on HollywoodReporter.com by Gary Baum titled Studies Link Viewership of Fox News to Reduced Pandemic Precaution references four academic papers all put together independently of each other that show a link between watching Fox News and being less stringent on COVID safety measures, which I'm sure is earth-shattering to you guys, right? No. I am shocked. I'm so shocked right But now. they all found that Fox's editorial coverage persuaded its viewership away from the necessity of physical distancing while public health officials uh, were preaching, you know, they could help stem the spread of the pandemic. Of course, Fox didn't like that coming out. And here was their response. Fox News has been covering the threat of COVID-19 since mid-January and was among the first networks to spotlight both the severity of the virus and to warn the American public that cases would skyrocket into the 100,000 range. These cherry-picking studies blatantly ignore key moments of our pandemic coverage and are nothing more than a transparent PR stunt by organizations seeking media attention. They had to say that. (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't know. Except for our interactive Facebook group, I don't I try to stay away from Facebook because it just seems like people are just perpetuating their own like ideologies. Whatever sure. whatever you agree with, you kind of or whatever you think, you kind of tend to click on things that you agree with. And I was reading through this one thing today, I made an exception, and some woman said, "Oh, I haven't worn a mask since this whole thing started and I never got COVID and it just shocks me that it's been around for so long and this person still doesn't understand the fact that you not wearing a mask doesn't protect you. It's supposed to protect others from getting COVID if you potentially have it. And it's just, Fuck man, media, media. <laughs> That's the time I wish and, everyone could see see his face and the, <laughs> the sharing of information. It's so fucking ass backwards, yeah. man. And it is. It's and, just, it's, it's frustrating, and but and but it, it's even it more. Built, but isn't it even worse though when you think about the fact that one of the major news outlets in the country is kind of spreading that misinformation as well? 
Yeah. Like that's and super that, fucking alarming. Know, that that is that is terrible for sure. And well, what makes I don't mean to interrupt you, John, but you sound yeah, like you yeah, were going to stop keep for a talking? I couldn't tell. <laughs> what what? Why do you think that local news has more integrity than national news? I feel like local news could still have a political agenda, and maybe not function under objective. It's money. It's money because here's the thing, right? It's when you start to – so I'm watching news not because I want to get the news but because I want somehow for my belief to be reaffirmed. Right. So I start watching that, whatever, right or left, either way, right? I start watching that and then that creates ad dollars because there's a certain amount of people watching that and then those ad dollars, it's like a cycle. We get into it where it gets bigger and bigger and bigger but it's – yeah, that's why I think. But what I do I know? I don't, I don't disagree. I mean, with the bigger, obviously, the bigger the 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 channel or the media company, the more money is at right, stake. They're appealing, and, but they're appealing to us. It's like, yeah. the, it's, in other words, it's like we're not. We are creating what we see because we are buying into what we see. They don't create it to control us. They mm-hmm. create it because we're like, oh, I want more of this. And truthfully told, I mean, the news should be bipartisan. If you really think about it, news should not be have a political agenda. That's the whole point of it. Unlike this show, right. where we all know, as a majority, we are Del Taco lovers and not Taco Bell lovers. Oh, whoa, Only sixty six point six six percent. Well, I said as but yeah, a majority, you're right. Greg. Yeah. I mean, I guess that is. I agree. I guess that is a majority. Hmm. That's disappointing. Del Taco still not surprisingly a sponsor. I know. Well, that's probably because <laughs> I haven't come around yet. <laughs> They're waiting for me. Once I come around, Del then they'll Taco. be in. <laughs> Del Taco, if you pay us, Kevin will eat there. I promise. <laughs> that, that is a good. That's a good tagline. Just, we just want to get paid in Carnegie Enterprise. <laughs> oh, oh, that would be nice. God, I could really go for Del Taco. I'm right so hungry. God, I. I'm going to text my wife and ask her if she can drive through <laughs> Del Taco. Ray's going to be offended. He made you a steak. I'll eat that uh, shit. Oh, that is good. That's true. <laughs> I'll eat that. So despite all this, people still trust local news. A Pew Research study found that half of Americans polled trusted the information that they got from local news sources regarding the pandemic, where only 44% trusted national news sources. And of course- You know what I think is fucked up is since we're so divisive and we are so dug into our political ideology that we're only going to trust news that agrees with our point of view and we are not open-minded- to anything that contradicts it. And I think that's all related to whether you trust it or not. If it if it falls in line with your ideology, you trust it. If it doesn't, you're like, fuck you, they're taking advantage of me. But don't you feel yeah. like, and I know, you, you know, you guys, you might not follow local news all that much, and I, I don't want as, as much either, but when I was getting the Denver Post, I... Denver Post, not a sponsor. I feel, <laughs> they can't afford us. I feel like, uh, I feel like <laughs> local news, though, is less partisan. So, like, even CNN now, if you read a CNN article about something that Donald Trump did, they will throw in all sorts of little backhanded little comments, you know, ripping ripping on him. And I get it. Like, he's completely blasted them at every chance he gets, so they don't like him very much. And neither do I, so that's fine with me. But when I read a local news report on Donald Trump, they don't do the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like... And that's it's, probably... It's probably better because... It's it is it's it is better. It should be. That's how. That's what I'm saying. That's how it should be. That's why. Like even though we're all politi- politically like liberal or we lean left, I was watching CNN and it's just 
it's overwhelming to listen to those fucking yeah, anchors talk top. about it. It's over the top. It's yeah, just, it is. Give, just, CNN uh, didn't wasn't always like that. They used to be in no, the middle. No, it wasn't. Just give me the information me the and news. I will form my That's opinion. That's why I love NPR. I really believe they do a good job and I don't give a shit if they pay us or not. I'm going to like shout out the praises of them. They I, know, I, the I, love it. I love NPR. And, and I mean, everyone, right. every, most like, people would call... the information. But, but most people would call them more, obviously more left-leaning though. Which is insane because they're not. They just give you the news. That yeah. is it. Yeah, it that's really true. is. I, they enter, and they give you like perspectives from both sides. Yeah. Plus, plus, have you ever listened to any concerts on NPR Tiny Desk? Oh, I love that's the Tiny amazing. Desk. Tiny Desks are amazing. Love it. Kind of want to watch them right now. Can we end? Me this? too. All right. Okay. Should bye. We, yeah, let's stop. Let's all pause. So, <laughs> what can we do about this? Drink. Government. <laughs> that's 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 first. Drink. Government help uh, is something that uh, that people are talking about as a way to help local news. A pointer.org article from this past October by Rick Edmonds called. How many plans to save local journalism are too many? Talks about bills that are out there that allow for things like tax credits for subscribing to local news outlets, uh, reducing payroll payroll taxes for journalists, subsidizing small business advertising with local TV stations or newspapers. Other bills pursue uh, safe harbor antitrust exemptions so newspapers can come together and bargain with companies like Google and Facebook to get paid for the use of their news content. Other proposals like directing more federal government advertising to local news uh, outlets or facilitating the sale of chain-owned newspapers to local groups are kicking around as well. But of course, the knock on any government help is First Amendment and trying to keep the government out of the newspapers, right? So if you get the government stepping in and kind of bailing out the newspapers, so to speak, will the newspapers then be beholden to the government? It's a slippery slope. I mean, it is a slippery slope, but... Just the fact that our newspapers, all media, has to attract advertisers. They always kind of want to. They don't want to lose advertisers, right? So if they take a stance that's too politically divisive, then it's going to affect maybe their bottom line. It's a business first. That's like true. all all media is a business first. So I maybe that's jaded. Maybe it's jaded a lot of a uh, lot of viewers and listeners and readers, and maybe that's that's kind of a reason why local newspapers have kind of dwindled too, because they're all everyone's beholden to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it was a nonprofit, if it was a nonprofit um, media information outlet, then you could say it's n- non-objective. But in in until then, you don't. I think everyone's a little bit suspicious of of stories and at least op-eds right it's well i think i think when we could trust the news is when news organizations were part of corporations and those news organizations were not profit centers which i think is kind of what you're saying they were not profit centers they just reported the news right and a lot of times they were actually like money losers and when we turned it into a business that is when we fucked ourselves well but but i remember in the media episode we talked about uh john that there were newspapers competing for readers so they were making shit up at one time you know like back in the day there there was a time when this was still happening on a different level you know where it was it was misinformation but it was trying to glorify things and make things so crazy that people be like oh i gotta buy that paper you know so that's fair 
different kind of situation, but there was a time in there somewhere where journalism was legit and where people really did want to uncover truths and things like that. Just like there was a time where you had pigmentation. <laughs> Sorry. No. I could see you smiling. You were really gearing up for that joke so much that you couldn't even get it out. I really, I, I'm uh, not even giving him that one. Nope. Really? No. Really? No. Really? Nope. Nope. <sighs> Gentlemen, I apologize. Another potential way to save the news newspapers, um, uh, nonprofit news sources. There are nonprofit newspapers out there. I mentioned earlier the Report for America, which helps train and place reporters in local newsrooms. Uh, groups like that are trying to keep legitimate journalism alive. Uh, much like PBS and NPR, they thrive on donations and reader support. The problem with that, though, is it will never be enough to replace all the newspapers that have gone under. And it won't be able to reach the same scale that newspapers once did, obviously, because, you know, donations are great, but they're never going to replace big money advertising in classifieds, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a nice thought, but it's not going to be, it's not going to totally, you know, replace what we've lost necessarily. And of course, as PBS would say, help from viewers like you. If people can, can, you know, start supporting their local papers and news outlets, then that would definitely help keep their doors open as well. Anything else you can think of that would help newspapers, local news survive? I think it comes down to demand and interest. And I think because local newspapers don't rely on topics or headlines that are super controversial, it's more like bland, objective news. It's not sexy and it doesn't attract the attention, even though it's necessary I mean, the whole time that we're, we've been discussing this, I've just been thinking about, uh, you know, like the ideology and the passion that goes along with these these reporters that want to share unblanched and objective reporting to the, get it directly to the people because freedom of the press, we take for granted, but it's so vital because we've said in so many different ways that without it, there's immediately comes corruption, right? So if you see a movie like The Post with Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, it's it just shows you these piece, people that are so passionate and they're not making a shit ton of money doing these jobs, but it's just so... And you see these editors that are fucking yelling at them like like the fucking captain in Starsky Hutch yelling at Starsky and Hutch about going, you know, give me, I need the fucking source. I need the legitimacy. I need, you know, you got to check your facts and you, you can't just fucking print something that doesn't, that's not verified and vetted. And, and if it goes away and we're missing this, we're all going to be fucked. We're, and, and Trump is like the, fucking reason why this shit he has just pulled so many fire alarms on on what the press is and he can never speak well of them he's even like had had issues with fox news right fox news is too liberal for him now so he he goes more and more to the fringes and by losing freedom of the press and losing these these uh noble reporters that are just bringing you the facts it's it's going to be a detriment to all of us in ways that we don't even know if it disappears I don't disagree. All right, gentlemen. So it's last call. As I said at the start, I have a soft spot for journalism. I actually restarted my subscription to the Denver Post after researching this episode. <laughs> I don't I don't like feeling disconnected. And apps like CNN, while they're great for what they are, they don't 
help me feel truly connected to where I live. I think it's because I don't know what's happening in my immediate area, whether that's my city, county, or state. Maybe other people out there feel the same and will seek out local news sources as well. But after reading a lot about what losing local news will mean, it's clear to me that somehow it needs to be saved. And Trump has shown what happens when politicians, if you can call him that, instill a mistrust of the media into their followers. It allows them to say and do whatever they want because if someone calls them on their bullshit, they simply say fake news and people believe them and assume the liberal media is lying to them. It's amazing to me that people can't see that they are being manipulated by people like Trump. But it's the world we live in. We need real journalists with integrity and a desire to help the people more than ever. We need accountability more than ever. We need scientists to be able to get their messaging out through the media more than ever. And we all need to be able to tell real news from the bullshit that Facebook or media conglomerates are feeding us. Facebook doesn't work for the people. Facebook works for Facebook. The local journalists, all of those people who are running down leads and keeping an eye on what our elected officials and corporations are doing, they are working for the people and they have our best interests in mind. So we need to protect them. We need to support local news if we want our democracy to truly be a democracy. You're here. For all you Mistorians at home, it's last call. Doing a shot. If you're, if you're at home and you want to join us, hit pause right now. Pause. Cheers. Drink. Drink. Cheers. Ah. <sighs> See you guys next time. Oh, why? <laughs> <laughs>